Good day to you, you bloody glorious people. Um, welcome to the third episode of Mission Mental Health. And I want to fucking apologise for not being around the last sort of month. I've been feeling a little bit sorry for myself. You know, I went into a little hole. I've been quite down. Personally, I've had a, a lot of stuff going on. And, and um, you know, I, I still really struggle sometimes being out of the army and, and, and trying to find my way in this crazy society. But, you know... I'm back, um, I will be doing one a week, you know, I'm not going to fuck off again like I did this time, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick at this because at the end of the day, it helps me um, heal myself and, you know, if we can get one person to help themselves then, you know, we're doing the right thing and I just want to thank everyone for, for the support, man, like, it's been ridiculous considering there's only been two episodes, the amount of support and how much people are behind me is, is quite overwhelming and, um really moves me and and I can't thank people enough and uh, I've decided to do this one today about eating disorders and I've called it food fight because it sounds clever and it's about anorexia and eating disorders and and if you don't know me um, I've had anorexia I've come out the other side um, and hopefully people are listening who are going through it or have been through it will understand me and people who haven't been through it will understand people that have it more because it's fucking horrible um and you know you don't plan for it you don't like want it it just kind of happens so i'll talk about my battle with it how it happened you know my relationship with food and, and stuff now and we'll go through a few stats and, and figures like we did last time on the depression episode but it's basically me just again for the third time pouring my bloody heart out um, hope you don't get sick of it, but um, where did it all start then? So, I reckon, as a, so as a kid, um, my parents were noticeably larger than the other parents by a stretch. Now, my mum and dad both, my mum lost 12 stone uh, a few years back. My dad's lost about 10, um, you know, and that is... A ridiculously, you know, a lot of people don't have that weight to lose. So you can understand one how well they've done, and two, you know, what it was like for me as a kid who thought that was normal. Um, to then when children used to bully me at like little school that my parents were big. That's when like the first seed was planted. I I personally think it might not be, but maybe that was where the seed of doubt came in, and unfortunately that seed turned out to be one big ass ugly tree <laughs> because growing up I was always bigger than the other kids but it never bothered me because I was very sporty and I could keep up with, with everyone else it, you know I never found myself hanging out my ass at the back of a run or you know just just I, I was a normal kid that played football every 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 day pretty much every day and up until I was like 23 so Activity-wise, I was fine. It was, I think it was, you know, my, my parents had me young and, you know, even humans today don't have a very good understanding about food because we're always fucking lied to about it. But, um, yeah, grow, growing up, it was very much me being quite different, but me not really noticing um, until I went to um, secondary school. And I went to a boys' school. So, you know, when you're getting changed with the lads and you're playing football all the time, um... 
the lads were like really lean and skinny, like literally most of them. And I was the only one that was like quite chubby and I never wanted to get changed in front of everyone. And, and you know, so my confidence was really suffering from it and stuff. And, you know, I had quite a few friends at school. I was never bullied. Um, I was like in like the pop, like a popular group, you know, I'd never, I, I was, all, I was always friendly with pretty much everyone, man. I could go from group to group and be quite social with everyone. And um, my mates called me big row or fat row and stuff. And it didn't, I didn't think it bothered me. It didn't bother me consciously, but clearly subconsciously it affected me. And it really started properly when my mum and dad split up. I don't know if anyone's had their mum and dad split up when they were young, but it fucking sucks. Um, I thought my mum and dad were fine, like most people probably do. And next thing you know, I'm dragged into the conservatory and they're telling me that they're leaving and my dad's going and, you know, he's moving out and, you know, I was devastated because I love my, you know, I love my, I love my mum and I love my dad. You know, I don't, I don't want to see him unhappy. And you know, my mum was really upset, and then my dad left, and your whole world just changes, and you, the whole world around me was out of control. But the only thing that I could control was my eating, so I think that's where it started from. Uh, and then I got my first ever girlfriend, and you know, when you're 14 years old, you're just one horny little bear, <laughs> and um. <laughs> And she was a lot older than me, so we started obviously doing stuff, and and you know what it's like with your first love, man. I I, I, I thought she was the one who was going to get married and have kids, and you know I loved her more than anything in the whole world, even though she was a fucking penis to me. And ah, uh, you know, it, it, this is how crazy I was about. I stole money from my mum to go see the girl. Madness. And if you didn't know that mum, I deeply apologise, and I'll give you twenty quid back. But um, <laughs> you know, it, and then she split up with me and that's when it really fu- you know really went naught to a hundred I so all that happened and then I literally stopped eating I didn't eat a, a fucking thing I remember going to school and dropping my lunch in the bin I remember my hair falling out I remember having meetings with all my teachers I had counseling and I wish I knew that lady's name because she saved my life, if I'm honest. And um, there's a couple of people in my life that have, have saved me. And she is definitely one of them. Because I would have no doubtably died, as I was told by the doctors, if I had carried on. And I wish I knew your name and I'm so sorry that I don't. But if you are listening, thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, my, literally my, my wrist was the same width as my bicep man it it was so bad and there was there's only one picture of me from 14 to 18 and that's me um at St James's Park because I support Newcastle and um I look like I'm gonna die I literally look like I've been in a concentration camp that's how bad it looks um and I'll post a picture up of a before and after of me and you'll see the difference you, you know I show people and they don't even think it's me um, so yeah, there's quite a few reasons why it happened, you know, you know my mum and dad splitting up, my first ever girlfriend breaking up, the seeds of doubt in myself and my self-confidence, and I mean, I'm lucky, man, because social media wasn't really around then, and I think if it was, it would have tipped me over the edge, and we'll talk about um, social media and the effects of it um, shortly, what my opinion on it um, is in a minute. Um, so yeah, it lasted for quite a long time, and, and counselling was really my own me- my only method of... Um, recovery I didn't take any medication or or um really go to the GPs or anything like that 
I think I got sent to some sort of uh, mental health institution um, where a doctor blamed me and my mum for it, and it was, to be honest, completely unhelpful, and I, you know, I didn't really help at all. I mean, I, I also remember going around my house being starving. I remember being starving, and going around the house trying to find something to eat that was less than 100 calories because I'd never eat anything that was over 100 calories because I thought it was too much. So imagine how bad that is for a teenager's health when they're growing up. Not just mentally, but physically. You know, I was literally just starving myself for absolutely no reason. And, you know, I didn't do great at school because I was so ill. I was literally falling asleep. every Like, I couldn't stay awake. But... I was in control, and I on, I swear to God, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. I, I mean that, like, and a lot of people say it. They don't. There's, it's like crazy in denial. You just you can't admit it, or even if you do know it, you just because you're in control and people are trying to tell you what to do, you just don't accept it, man. And this happened for so long. And if I'm honest, I don't know how I came out the other side. It just ha- it just seemed to have happened. I think just constant counselling and 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 fair play you know that, that they they never gave up on me they they never you know my teachers my mum my family my um school the support they showed me and and uh, the counselors and stuff you know they they never gave up on me and i came out the other side okay because um the effect of it me now at 26 i definitely would say i'm pretty much 95% there Every now and then, so it's funny. I, I can't, I can't look at myself in in um, shop mirrors and stuff. No, uh, like shop windows. You know, when you walk past, I, I refuse to look at that because I, you know I know that I. Sometimes you just hate yourself, and I think that's happen. That's for normal people, but for me, I can really, really like not like myself. And the reason I have so many tattoos, I mean, I have my whole body done is because they were part of my recovery because I hated my skin and who and the person that I was and these tattoos have sort of like made me feel they give me confidence and I honestly and I've said this before I wouldn't be able to go out of the house without them and they're part of my recovery and you know if it recovers you then it doesn't matter does it I mean whatever it is and that's what saved me as well was having all my tattoos and um you know today i like i i think today more than i've ever have done i like who i am i i like how i look and a lot of it to do with is is education and learning about food and learning about what to eat and you know we don't get taught that at school we don't get taught that anywhere anywhere really unless you you're a nutritionist at at university i mean where do you learn this they tell you to eat um a balanced diet but that's all they really say you know you really have to educate yourself and exercise and doing stuff that I love you know has made me become a person that I like and I'm comfortable in my own skin probably for the first time ever and don't get me wrong I have days where I'm like oh I feel really overweight but sometimes I just won't go out and you know that's just how it is you know and, and I became one of those vegan wankers and I apologize for anyone who's just turned it off or hate me now but I'm not one of those crazy vegans that were like you know preach to it it's just for me it's for health reasons and and it's worked for me I'm not saying it works for anyone else and it probably I mean long term wise it's probably not the healthiest and and I do stray onto the dark side every now and then because you know 
we're only human and we all make mistakes but it's made me lose like quite a bit of weight but healthily and I feel strong and fit and you know it's been good for my mind and and um I mean I've not been great at it lately because I've moved house and I'm I'm in the process of like moving at the moment but it's definitely something that I may may continue but it's been good for me um but I I you know as I am now and in recovery I definitely think that I'm ready to like talk about it to people and um if you have any questions about it um please please do not hesitate to ask me because I've been through the ringer man and um I know exactly how it feels to be drowning in your own sort of mind I think that's the best way to describe it and what I want to talk about as well is um you know, I looked at a lot of stats and stuff, and a lot of this at the moment is starting from uh, early teens. And obviously, it started with me early teens, but some cases have started from like 10, 11 years old, you know. And um, I honestly believe that one of the, the biggest factors, apart from obviously the upbringing and, and how parents are with their children, is, and obviously, I, I can't judge that because I don't have kids. So, you know, I'm not preaching that, you know, people should bring up their kids better because, you know, it, I think it can just happen. But I honestly think that social media in today's society has more disadvantages than it does have advantages in terms of you see all these fucking models and you see these people that look fucking unbelievable and you know they've got six packs and they've got all this and that and I generally think it basically just makes you feel like shit and you know I've had it you know I I see people sometimes you, you see these people on social media and you know they've got all this money and they've got cars and they've got all this stuff and they look amazing you know it's like fucking hell like how how am I ever going to be like that and it gets you down and and um it almost, it's almost like it's designed to really like fucking get into your mind and really fuck you up and I do think that kids and teenagers look at this and they're like oh I need to be like that I mean you know, you see 15, 16 year olds cutting around now and they look like they're 22, 23. And at 26, so many people that I know have had like work done. And that was quite unheard of, I think, until people were much older. And I feel like that this is a lot to do with self-image and how people look. And obviously that falls into eating disorders because obviously how we look is mainly to do with food. And it's not just one side of the spectrum. You know, eating disorders can be um, obsessive um, binge eating disorder where you just absolutely binge and binge and binge because, you know, you're you're either miserable or depressed or you're sad and you go the other side and then you become increasingly overweight, more sad, binge more and it's just an endless cycle where you just can't get out of it. And I think the problem as well is, is that there's not a lot of help in terms of I've known there's someone I know that has gone to the doctors who is visibly very ill, uh, who has terrible, terrible anorexia. And the doctor hasn't done, you know, they haven't been admitted. There's, you know, nothing's been done. And I I think that GPs should have a much more aggressive approach towards this. Um, There's a, a stat I have that says, let me just get it up. So, less than 50% recover from an eating disorder, only 30% improve, and 20% remain chronically ill. Now, those stats are so, you know, so overwhelmingly poor, and you have to look at, you know, what's being, what's being done about it. And I feel like, 
a lot of a lot of people with anorexia and bulimia are quite and, and eating disorders in general will not admit that there's something wrong with them because they're in control of it and it's the only thing they're in control of in their lives 1.6 million teenagers will have some sort of eating disorder um in you know at, at the moment that's at, at the moment but they say that f- that it's actually 4 million because people won't admit it or won't get help for it so we clearly need to make it more you know spoken about we need to make it more uh, easier for for people to get help there's loads of charities and stuff out there which I do I'm sure do great work but you don't hear about them enough you know instead of having adverts about fucking buying shit let's have some adverts about helping people about helping people with mental health about relieving pressure off GPs because obviously you go to the GP about this and if I'm honest I went to and they don't I mean there's not really much they can do apart from refer you to other places you know sometimes a GP isn't the place to go um so there definitely needs to be something done with awareness and I feel like you know hopefully this gets out there and gets people opening up about it because I think people don't open up about it and people can't admit that they have a problem I think once you admit that you have a problem then you're good to go and then you can figure out the solution. But if you don't think you have a problem, you're not going to find a solution because you don't think there's a problem. And another another stat that really um, shocked me was that uh, 40% of people with an eating disorder self-harm. Now, I, I never self-harmed, but to be fair, anorexia and all other eating disorders are a basic form of self-harm anyway. But to to do that on top of, on top of it, you know, it's actually quite quite heartbreaking to be honest that someone hates themselves that much that they want to hurt themselves as well um and i think that's what it is in layman's terms like you know you hate yourself and you're trying to drastically change yourself to 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 fit in to just sometimes be normal and you know so many people strive every day to be normal but what is normal and why the fuck do you want to be normal i think being unique and being open and just I think being who you are and true to yourself is one of the best qualities people can have. Trying to fit into today's society and trying to be like a facade is just not gonna be good for anyone in, in the long run, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest. And um yeah, it's just not nice at all. So yeah, forty percent of people with eating sort of self harm, which is you know, I, I found it really shocking them. I hope that anyone who's listening to this definitely hears this and and tries to get help because um there's n- there isn't enough awareness at all if I'm honest. Um and also a high mortality rate due to organ failure and suicide. So it it, it complete, you know, it's like a full circle. So suicide is ripe in the area of eating disorders. And um suicide is one of the most awful feelings you know for someone to want to kill themselves to be that low i wish that upon no one and i've been very lucky enough that i i saw it early in the armed forces before i even got to the stage of wanting or thinking about doing it and for someone to go through that and for a family to go through that pain because they have an eating disorder is again heartbreaking because I think that this is something that can eat. I I personally think that with a lot more 
um, time invested and, and money invested into charities in the NHS to help people with eating disorders because, um, you know, you want to live a healthy and long life. And with eating disorders, you're definitely not going to do that. Um, I think more advertisement needs, more awareness needs to be brought out of it. I think people need to talk more about it because, you know, in men, eating disorders is very, very, well, it's not very rare, but it's a lot less likely to happen than it is into women. And definitely men need to talk about it more because men don't talk about anything anyway, let alone in eating disorders, because, you know, they might find it embarrassing. And to be honest, there's nothing embarrassing with showing that you're struggling. There's nothing embarrassing with showing that you're, you're, you're weak at the moment. And, you know, I feel stronger already for this last 20 minutes talking about it because I don't, I don't really talk about it much because I've almost blocked it out because I feel I'm better now and I never, ever, ever want to go back to that place. And, you know, when I do lose a bit of weight sometimes, my friends sometimes say to me, you know, are you okay? Please don't go back there. And that's nice because I've been open about it and they know. So they're looking out for me as well. And I think people just need to open up to people about it, even if it's a stranger, if it's your parents, if it's someone. I would recommend counselling more than anything because it saved me and it's the only way that I knew how to, to get over it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a quick little comeback 20 minutes about eating disorders. It was very off the cuff. And I probably went a bit rogue, but I deeply apologise for that. But I really hope people uh, enjoyed it and listened. And um, if you have any questions about my story, and I'm sure in, f- in future episodes we'll cover it more and we'll have guests on who have anorexia or have had anorexia. And if you have it or think you've got a problem, please talk to me. And Or if you want to come on and, and tell people about your experiences, and I would be more than happy. But give it a share, give it a like, spread the word. Um, let's change people's lives Uh, and the next episode next week will be about um, PTSD uh, and like mental health in the armed forces because it's something that I think needs to be spoken about and it's something that's really 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 um, close to my heart and affects me quite deeply so thank you very much I hope you have a fucking wonderful day I love you all and thank you for your support peace